0: and of course, we'd love to have you drop in anytime for a visit to learn and worship along with us. And now, here's our teaching for this week. Thanks, Janine. Well, if you're joining us online or you're right here on a campus, I just want to say welcome to all of you. And uh, you can tell I still have a little residual in my voice, but it is better. And it, I'm hoping that today you don't feel the constant need to clear your own throat as you listen to me. And I'll try not to have any other liquids dripping from my body during uh, the message today. If, uh, if you're a guest with us today, my name's Britt. I serve the church as the lead pastor. And uh, you have a great opportunity today. If, if you've just been coming for a while or this is your first Sunday, immediately following our service out in our courtyard, which is kind of in that direction, our building, we're going to have a, we call it a Courtyard Connection. It's just time to just hang out and um, get to know other people here at Sunridge. And here comes my table. Thank you, Jed. Is there anything that Jed Menemtim doesn't do? Teach, sing, organize, lead. Thanks, Jed. And bring my table to me. What's that? Eat sourdough. Eat sourdough. He loves sourdough bread. That's awesome. So today, here's what I, I want to start off with you. I want you to use your imagination, okay? I want you to imagine that after church today, you go to a restaurant, and um, because you're an introvert, you arrive at church, or at the restaurant first, because your friends and family are still ta- here talking to people, okay? And so you're just sitting there, chilling at your table, and you're watching this group of people, really big group of people at a big table. And they're all chatting, and they're having fun, and you're kind of like, you're looking at them, and you're watching them, but you don't want to be too obvious, you know, that you're the loner sitting there and watching their table. And as you watch them, something starts to stand out to you. Like, they seem so diverse. It's like they're different ages, and uh, they seem, they're dressed differently. They kind of, you can just tell, like that's, they wouldn't all be together normally, and uh, then the servers start bringing their meals to them. And uh, one of them in particular has this really big tray. You know how that they can load it up? And, uh, you know, like they have all this stuff on it. And as she comes close to the table, she stumbles. And this whole tray goes flying. And so there's food and drinks and everywhere. It like, it knocks everything over on the table. And even some of the stuff that comes off of her tray is just falling on people, glass breaks on the floor, and uh, people are just covered in stuff. And then this really weird thing happens. One person gets up from the table, and they they just start picking stuff up. They don't even say anything to anybody. Another puts their arm around the server and says, you know, don't worry, I used to be a server, and everybody that serves, this happens to them. And another person stands up and says, OK, you guys, here's the big picture. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get organized. And then somebody steps up and they say, OK, you're going to be in this group. And you're going you're to do this part as we clean up. Somebody stands up and says, you know what? I'm covering the cost for this entire meal and all the cleanup. Then somebody says, you know, takes the server side and says, listen, I can help you here. Here are five steps that if you follow them, (laughs) I'm gonna train you in how to serve without that ever happening to you again. One person is just sitting there with them, and every time she cries, they start crying. Uh, There's another person that says, You know, I know three books that you could read and you would really learn. And here's a YouTube video, I'll send you the link, super informative. Um, another person says, gathers everyone together and says, "You know, I can see a life lesson in this for all of us. That there's something that we can all learn that will apply to our lives in the future." There's another person there who realizes that this server is a is a student on visa, um, on a visa, and she's from Italy. And this person from your group starts speaking Italian to them without you ever, ever knowing that they could speak Italian. Someone says to her, you know, when you get done here with your shift, do you have somewhere to stay? You could come over to our house, and I'm about your same size. You could, I'll wash all your clothes, and you can just hang out with us until they're ready. Another person says, you know, I just really believe that this situation for you is going to get better. In the future someone stands up and says a prayer and all of a sudden everybody's clothes are clean <laughs> someone asks the waitress what sins do you have in your life that God would have allowed this to happen to you and then somebody invites her to church the following Sunday and shares the gospel with her so All these people seem to be, as diverse as they are, they seem to be working together toward a common goal, and they all seem to be really enjoying the part that they're playing, and they're solving a problem. So what's going on? Well, if you were here last week, you know that we started having a conversation about spiritual gifts, and we took a survey. Many of us did. How many of you took the survey? Raise your hand. Okay, that's a great group. And some of you like, started sending them to me, and I love reading, reading them. So what we're seeing here, potentially, is people using their spiritual gifts. And this is part of our series that we're in right now. We're calling Exponential, which is really about how God takes these things that seem inconsequential to us. And when we give them back to Him, our, the way we're wired, our resources the spiritual gifts that he's given us, when we take that back to him and we, and we allow him to use it, God takes those things that are inconsequential and turns them into something that's exponential. And that was Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine. Then Jed talked about the power of we and us that is in that prayer and how the, God uses the church together. In our common unity and the things that we work on together to do exponential things. And then last week, we started what is a two-parter. We started talking about how God uses the unique design that he has given us to create exponential results. And we started talking, to, and we used the acronym from Rick Warren in his book, Purpose Driven Life, which is SHAPE. We, we talked about spiritual gifts our heart, our abilities, our personality, and our experience. And then at the end, we started talking more specifically about spiritual gifts, and we're going to do that today. Because your spiritual gifts are the key for you to make an exponential impact. They are the key for you to make an exponential impact. Now, why do I say that? As a quick review, number one, we said a spiritual gift is a unique ability given to each of us by the Holy Spirit for the purposes of building up others in the faith. So each one of us is individual. We're unique. The gifts that we have are given to us by the Holy Spirit for the common good. God gifts us to do something that's going to make the church better, it's going to strengthen believers, and make the world a better place for everybody. And we also saw that, saw that God was intentional about the gifts that he gave us, right? It wasn't an accident. Paul told us, tells us that our spiritual gifts are not a random distribution, but individual and intentional, <clears throat> excuse me, for the purpose of serving others toward their good <clears throat> or their growth. The way to look at it, to me, is like real simple illustration, you know, Christmas gifts. Like if you, if you give gift cards, At Christmas some of you go to the gift card tree and you spin it around you just grab a bunch of them and say okay I got five people to give to here's five different gifts gift cards and then others of you you stand at that gift card tree and you agonize over each person what is the exact gift card that is going to be perfect for them and when they unwrap it if it's in your presence you're like I got that for you because I know this about you it's a big difference right that's the way God gifts us. By the way, I don't really care how you come up with gift cards for me. I just love them. I'm just kidding. So if God was so intentional about such an important plan for his church, do you think that there's something in this for us? Is it important to our purpose here and now to know what His, the way that he's designed us that God has designed us to be exponential. And he's gifted us specifically, individually, through the Holy Spirit. Do you think it's important then that I know what my spiritual gifts are or have some idea? The answer is yes. And so that's, here's the big idea for today, okay? You ready? This is going to be really deep. You should know what your spiritual gifts are. You should know. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12.1, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. So just insert your name there instead of brother or sister. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, Alma, I do not want you to be uninformed. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, James, I do not want you to be uninformed. JLo, about the gifts of the Spirit, I do not want you to be uninformed. We should know. And in order for God to use us as he's designed us, then we at least have, we should have an idea of how God has wired us. So, like I mentioned, this is one thing, and at the end we'll, we'll wrap up with this, but today we're going to try and learn as much as we can about spiritual gifts in one message. So I'm, you know, on occasion, I, I choose to nerd out. So we're going to nerd out today and on spiritual gifts, but we're going to start off with the nerdiest things because these are free because they're my opinion, okay? And you may not agree, but I have four ideas that kind of underpin the way I approach spiritual gifts. Number one, I don't think we have an exhaustive list in the New Testament. I think that there are many other gifts. The Bible never says these are the only spiritual gifts. In fact, scholars and Bible teachers, they kind of vary on like what are the specific gifts and how many <clears throat> I've compiled a list of 20 which we'll talk about in a second. Secondly, I think that you can have more than one gift. Um, I don't think we're just you know like limited to that to just one. Gift, But most of us have a primary gift. And if you take an assessment like we gave last week, you see one come forward more than the other, and it tends to influence the others. Thirdly, I think that a spiritual gift looks different on different people because of all the other factors. That This is what I love about Rick Warren's approach, that you know, there are other things that affect the way that gift becomes manifested through us, like our heart, our experiences, our abilities, our personality. And last, I believe that all the gifts are still available today, even the miraculous ones. But I have to say that I don't believe that those miraculous gifts are as needed today. This is just me. Um, Because I believe they served a primary uh, purpose in the New Testament, which was to confirm or affirm the leaders of the church at that time. So we've talked about that in the past. So what I've done is I've taken the liberty and have done the advanced work to list all the gifts for you. They're on your note sheet. There's no more fill in the blank because I wanted you to get everything. And uh, so this is all free stuff because I don't want you to miss a thing. I put the gifts in alphabetical order, not in order of importance or in any other way. Um, And what we're going to do with each gift, this is the nerdy part, is we're going to define the gift, we're going to talk about the strengths, And then we're going to talk about the weaknesses. So as we go through, I want you to think about the gifts that apply to you. And then we're going to wrap up with a quiz. Okay? So you got to pay attention. You guys ready? All right, here we go. Number one, administration. The ability to organize tasks, projects, things, and people. In each one of these, I'll give you Bible uh, passages that relate to it. Now, if you took this assessment, this gift was kind of um, uh, shaped as a leadership gift. But I, and, and there are only like six or seven in the assessment that Rick Warren gives. There are reasons for that, but we won't go into that. But I've made a distinction in, the gift, in these gifts between someone who can organize and someone who can lead. And I see the gift of administration more as an organizing gift. You guys know these people, the strengths of someone who has this gift of organization makes everything more efficient, right? They can break down complex tasks. And when you start talking about a really big thing that has to be broken down into all those pieces, they don't get stressed out. It's just like eating an elephant to them, one bite at a time, and they can do it. Now, the weakness of this gift is the administrator can put projects in front of people. Uh, or it can seem like that. Sometimes they can seem remote from people because they're more task-oriented and getting the job done and putting everybody into their place. And they can get super frustrated with the people that aren't organized, which may not be a weakness. I don't know. So how many of you know somebody who's, who's one of the organizers in your life? They're your go-to person to organize things. Okay. Don't be afraid to participate. Okay, apostleship is next. This is the ability to pioneer new churches and ministries and is not to be confused with the big A apostles in your New Testament. Today, this gift is more um, experience as someone who's like a church planter, okay? Their strengths are that they can go in some place and without any, any group of people, they can start a church. Amazing. They can move to a community gather people, and pretty soon turn them into a church. And sometimes they can create multiple churches off of one church. That's someone who has this apostleship kind of gift. The weakness of the apostle is that they can get bored with leading a church long term. They're starters, not finishers. And they're not always gifted at putting the structures and organization in place to sustain that church. But they're great at starting them. In the past, I've talked about the difference between pioneers and settlers in a church. You need both. You need the people that want to explore and go out. You need the people to come behind them and build the structures and the forts so that they can go out further. The apostle, someone who has this gift, is more of a pioneer. Next, discernment. The ability to identify falsehood and see motives. It's often described as the ability to read people right? Strengths, strengths. They can sniff out hypocrites. They, they see ulterior motives. They sense something. They have an intuition about it. They're usually great question askers, and they help, us make more be- they help us make better decisions about the things that we're thinking about. They make great counselors, and they're awesome to have on a hiring panel because they, can, they pick up on things. A weakness, they can rely too much on their intuition. Um, sometimes they get it wrong. Having the gift of discernment doesn't mean that you're perfect in, in everything that you sense about somebody. And sometimes they can trust their intuition so much that they ignore the facts that are right in front of them. You guys still with me? All right, evangelism, the ability to engage people who are not Christians and help them understand the gospel. Strengths, obvious. They lead a lot of people to Jesus. They bring a lot of people to church. They're great inviters. They know how to connect with people that are far from God. Weaknesses, they can be weak on discipleship, right? They they can, like, they want to get them in the church, help them to become Christians, and then they don't really think long-term about their growth. But we have other people for that. Sometimes the evangelist gets frustrated with the insider, and they don't... They they often have a hard time understanding why everyone can't be just like them. Why can't you just, you know, have a guest with you at church every Sunday? And sometimes they can end up disconnected from the church because the evangelist often prefers the company of people who don't go to church over the people that do. Examples in the Bible, Philip was called an evangelist. I think Billy Graham was a remarkable evangelist in a public way as well. Think about... All the different presidents that he was able to work with, you know, all because he was so good at connecting the gospel to just wherever people were coming from. I'm, I'm interested. Did anyone come out with evangelists that took the assessment in their top three? Anyone? Okay. Any of as your top gift? Okay. Start having guests every Sunday. No excuse anymore. <laughs> okay. Exhortation: a special ability to encourage and to comfort others. So these, these people are encouragers. The exhorter is an encourager. Strength. Obvious, right? They're so encouraging to be around. They say nice things. They make us feel good about ourselves. They have, they're an arm around your shoulder kind of person. And they will notice things before anyone even says anything, and they'll they'll go to encourage. They'll say an encouraging word. They're usually students of Scripture, and they use Scripture and uh, the way that they encourage people, and that tends to motivate people about their Bibles. Um, they tend to be positive people. And they're the kind of people that hang with you through the hard times. It's their thing. In fact, they're the opposite of a fair weather friend. This is their, this is their jam. They love to be there to encourage. The weakness of an exhorter is that sometimes they can oversimplify their solutions. They, they can get to the, it's going to be OK soon, a little too soon for you. Um, Sometimes they want to encourage you so badly they don't want to listen to your viewpoint. So sometimes they can be poor listeners. And um, sometimes they're not the best. Like your friendship struggles with an exhorter sometimes as a weakness when they don't feel you need encouragement anymore because really they want to be around the people that need it. An example in the Bible is like Barnabas. He was known as the son of encouragement. I wonder how many of you in your top three that took the assessment had encouragement or exhorter in your mix? Anyone? Okay. Anyone in the top one? Okay. Awesome. Faith. The gift of faith. Every, we're all supposed to have faith, but some people are especially gifted at it, right? The ability to trust God in extraordinary ways. Strengths. Um, They have an extra ability to trust God in hard situations. And that that kind of bolsters your faith, right? Just being around them. Because their faith can become contagious. And another strength is they're kind of like they're can-do kind of people. God can do this, you know. They believe that this thing can happen. The weakness is um, sometimes they can make unwise decisions because they're just being faithful. You know, they're believing God for something or they can use faith as an excuse to not do research or do the background or get information and sometimes uh, a person who has this gift can look down on others who doesn't have the same level of faith they, You just seem like a wimp to them what about giving the ability to produce wealth and give in an extraordinary way to advance God's work strengths obvious right Number one, they're super smart with money, right, usually. They avoid impulse spending. They're not in debt because they want to give. So they're super careful about their finances so that they, they have a need to give to others. They're usually wise about money, and they can help other people become wise about money. And then there's the obvious impact of their generosity. It makes a real difference. And not the giver also... Because they give to people or to organizations, they tend to be connected to people. And so they impact people in ways beyond money because they're in a relationship with them. Weakness of a person with the gift of giving, they can be accused of being cheap sometimes because they're always accumulating. They're always building up so that they can give. A giver can become prideful and uh, even have expectations of something in return, kind of quid pro quo. And sometimes they can get in God's way because because God is teaching somebody something, and he wants people to struggle, but the giver can swoop in and solve the problem, and the person doesn't learn what God was trying to teach them about money. You know, we have people at Sunridge for whom it is nothing, to drop ten dollars or $15,000 in one offering. Just boom. I call them bombs. <laughs> I'll say, Bob, someone dropped a bomb? <laughs> and um, we have people at Sunridge who, before they even hear, before, before we even ask, they hear about something, they give to it. They jump out in front of it. Recently. Um, our high school pastor, Teddy, was at a store, and she was getting things for an event, and she ran into another Sunridge person. And this person came up to her, what are you doing? And they said, you know, I didn't find anything that I was looking for here, so let me just buy everything that you're, buying, that you're getting for this event. Did anyone come out with, their, with giving in their top three? Raise your hand. Don't be embarrassed. It's a great gift. <clears throat> Anybody, it, it came out as your top gift. Awesome. Healing. Supernatural ability to change physical, mental, and spiritual health issues through prayer or laying on of hands. What's the strength? That should be obvious, right? Instant solution to an issue, and their prayers are so powerful. Weakness. Sometimes they can ignore medical advice. Sometimes they they have a hard time using logic in a a situation, and sometimes they can become prideful. Great examples of those in the Bible who had the gift of healing. You have Paul, definitely had it, and the Apostle Peter. You guys still with me? All right. We're at H. I think it goes a little faster near the end. I'm watching the clock. Helps. The ability to work in a supportive role with others, often the ability to see the needs before Others. Now, we're going to cover this gift more when we get to service, but to me, there's a distinction here. Some people have what I would call the gift of helps, and they tend to be more people-focused. They just want to help somebody. And so they'll do, they serve, and it looks like the gift of serving, but it's really wired about being connected to that person and helping that specific person because they have a heart to help people. An example in the Bible to me are uh, the women who supported Jesus. You know, there was a, there's a group of women that traveled with him. They, some of them must have had the gift of giving because they supported him financially, and they did all the organization of, uh, you know, having kind of like a crew of people moving around the country, uh, you know, and taking care of all the logistical needs. And I think that they were doing that because of their connection with Jesus. Next up in the H's is hospitality. This is the ability to create warm and welcoming environments. Strength, someone who has a gift of hospitality often uses their home as a ministry tool. They have people in, they touch neighbors, they touch people from the church. They're amazing includers. If there's something going on, they just tend to wrap their arms around people and say, come and be a part. They make great event coordinators and life group hosts. Weakness. Sometimes um, they're so inviting that... Their small group gets too big. It's no longer a small group. Uh, Sometimes they can enable people, uh, all the people who are glad to be a part of something, but like aren't being challenged to go and do likewise because they just love doing this. And so they're willing to just do it forever for everybody. Sometimes the uh, person with the gift of hospitality, their invitation kind of like nature, um, can intrude on family. It can start to, like, you don't have your private family time. Examples in the Bible are Lydia and Nympha who had churches in their home. We know people that are so hospitable. They can, it's just nothing for them to say, hey, everyone come to our house. And uh, they don't stress about all the little things. K, uh, we're into the K's now. Knowledge the supernatural ability to understand and bring truth to a situation. And by the way, it should always align with Scripture. The strength of someone who has the gift of knowledge is they love to dig deep in Scripture. It isn't necessarily related to degrees, but often a person with a gift of knowledge has degrees because they're so interested in learning. So they're passionate about that. They're a great resource to those of us who have other gifts to go to and say, hey, can you help me understand this issue in the Bible? And uh, they keep us focused on the truth. Weakness is that sometimes the gift of knowledge doesn't always translate to the gift of teaching. They may have the gift of knowledge and knowing things, but they can't put it together like someone who has the gift of teaching in a way that people can understand it or are willing to understand it. Sometimes a person with the gift of knowledge can be prideful because they almost always have the answers. Uh, They can be intolerant of people who don't know what they know, and they, they can exclude others. As a weakness, they can they can be annoyed by the person that isn't at their level, and you know, like keep you know, keep them out of my group or whatever. Don't give me a beginner because I don't want to I don't want to be held back. Um, <clears throat> example to me are just people that you and I know that they just love to dig into things, and they can just go deep, man, and just keep researching and researching and researching, and they're a great resource to those of us in the church who don't have that gift. Uh, Leadership—the ability to focus, influence, and direct people on a big picture vision. Uh, this again, this is where I drew a distinction from administration. Uh, someone who has the gift of leadership can cast a big vision. And the person who says, "This is the big thing that we're trying to do," and people will follow them. I think it was Mark Twain said that um, if you think you're leading people and no one's following you, you're just out for a nice walk. <laughs> so. Um, so the, the leader can get really big things done. They dream those dreams, and they can rally people to join them in that dream. The weakness of uh, someone with the gift of leadership is people uh, in their life can feel like they don't matter as individuals. It's all about the mission or the big idea. Sometimes a leader, it's not always true, but a leader is often charismatic. Uh, and so that if they're not accountable, they can lead people astray because they have this gift. People just want to follow them. They can use that leadership then that leadership gift in a way that undermines an organization or a team because because they have people that are jumping on board with them. And they can be uh, really impatient, um, waiting for others to recognize they have this gift. In other words, like, like we see this sometimes in church where someone has a strong gift of leadership, they come to Sunridge, and of course, before we want to unleash them as a leader, we want to get to know them. And there's that tension point where they're like, they're really gung-ho. It's a great thing to have. But it's like waiting till you're known and demonstrating character and you know a servant's heart, regardless of what your gift is, is really important to us. Um, example, I mean, who's read a leadership book in the last five years? Anyone? I, I nerd out on that stuff too. So John Maxwell is the guy that came to my mind. Um, did anyone here come with leadership or administration in the assessment as your, in your top three? Raise your hand. Awesome. Anybody, that's your top gift. Okay. Mercy, the ability to feel empathy and care for hurting people in a greater capacity than most. So the strength is they reach out, right, to hurting people. People feel loved when they're around a person with a gift of mercy. They usually find the people with, you know, the broken wing people, the people that are in, in trouble, the wounded. They're unpleasant even sometimes. And the person with the gift of mercy will surround them. And another strength is they're usually very humble about their gift. Weakness, um, they can be driven more by emotions than the facts or truth. They can rescue people who shouldn't be rescued. Does that make sense? Like sometimes God is trying to teach us something. Sometimes the person with a gift of mercy will feel a desire to take sides in a conflict. And they will usually take the side of the person who seems to be wounded the most, so that sometimes they're judgmental toward people that don't have that gift. And they can be worriers. A person with a gift of mercy can be just worried all the time about the people that they know that are struggling. Did anyone here come out with mercy in your top three? Raise your hand. Raise them high. Raise them high. Okay, and then how many of you came out as as your top gift? Mercy. Okay, thank you. Miracles. Supernatural ability to alter outcomes in regard to illness or natural laws. It's similar to the strengths and weaknesses as healing. There's also pastor shepherd, the ability to oversee the spiritual growth and care of a church. And this is like Pastor, pastor teachers come in different shapes and sizes. And, uh, but the way the Bible talks about this gift is it is Christ gifting the church with this role, with this person in that role. So they look very different depending on the congregation and where God has placed people. Prophecy, the ability to communicate God's truth or message that calls people in a right relationship with God. Prophecy, strengths. They're the person in the room that calls it like it is. While everyone is tiptoeing around the issue, the prophet will say it. They will see sin and call it sin. They usually are strong in Scripture. They have a deep capacity to trust God. They'll be bold. They're not afraid to be criticized or even punished for saying what they say. They will take the hits, and they will stand on their principles. Weaknesses of someone with a prophetic gift. They can be harsh. They can be impatient or intolerant, sometimes prideful. They can make assumptions about people and get it wrong. They can make, make too big a deal sometimes. about. It's like everything's black and white to the prophet. They don't see gray. And we all need to know that like in a box of crayons, there's a gray crayon. That's a color. Just want to point that out. The prophet tends to be negative because they're always seeing something wrong or what could go wrong. And of course, all this makes them a real bummer at the office Christmas party. <laughs> so uh, Old Testament prophets, th- think about them, things that they said and did in the context in which they did it. Jonah, as well. Anybody come out with prophecy in their top three? Who? raise those hands. Okay, how many of you, is your, your top gift, prophet, prof- prophecy, prophecy? Okay, awesome. You still with me? Do we need a seventh inning stretch? We're getting close. Okay, here we go. Service, the ability to help others with tasks for the greater good. Remember, I distinguish this from helps. Strengths about a server. They get things done. They don't just sit around and contemplate their navel. They do stuff, right? They're usually very humble, and they're always in the trenches with you, and they're easy to lead. The weakness of a server is that they overcommit. They can frustrate their family because they volunteer for too many things. They're not usually good at delegating because they just want to do it all their um, Sometimes they can neglect themselves, and as, as I mentioned, uh, their family. To me, the, the people with the gift of serving are the people that always stay after the event. You know, you hold an event, there are people who are here before, that you never see, and then, then there are people, like, as, as some of us are, like, moving out and having our conversations, they're, like, well, somebody needs to do all this stuff, and they just naturally start in on it. Anybody come out with service in your top three? Awesome. Anybody, like, it's your top gift. It was, like, your strongest gift. Okay, good. Uh, sign her up for, So <laughs> yeah. she already have, probably. Okay, so, uh, teaching. The ability to communicate truth or scripture in a way that prompts understanding or spiritual growth. So, the strengths here are obvious ability to break down concepts, even complex concepts, and make them sound really simple or be simple. One way to recognize that someone doesn't have the gift of teaching is they got done teaching and you have no idea what they said, okay? <laughs> because a teacher helps you understand the topic or the Bible and they make learning enjoyable for most of us or at least logical. Weakness. People can think that you do all the things that you teach. Teachers can go into the weeds and nerd out on facts. (laughs) Give you more information than you ever wanted to think about. A teacher can think, well, since I taught on this and people understand it because I did it so well, it's just easy. So they're all doing it too. Just read the points and then it's really simple. And sometimes the person with the gift of teaching can uh, be prideful. Now, so, some of the people that I admire that I think have the gift of teaching, and I also think that it's combined with the gift of knowledge, like Tim Mackey and Tim Keller. And they're kind of like go-to people for me because they take these important, these crazy concepts that I can never understand, and they make it so that I can understand them. Did anyone come out with teaching in your top three? Awesome. And any of you, it's your top gift. Cool, cool. All right, tongues and interpretation. The miraculous ability to speak in or interpret a language you did not know previously. Scholars debate what tongue specifically is, so I recognize that. But often a strength of someone who has a gift of tongues, at least in the New Testament, they had the ability to communicate the gospel and often is a demonstration of the Holy Spirit's presence. Uh, Weakness of tongues is it can be showy or prideful. And as Paul mentioned, sometimes people with the gift of tongues can focus on, their, on that gift specifically instead of edifying believers. So people with gift of tongues in the Bible, you have Paul, you have Peter at Pentecost. And then last, whew, wisdom, the ability to bring clarity to situations and circumstances that helps people in practical ways. So strength. They can help people get unstuck, right? They can help you figure out a decision. They can guide you in the dilemma. They make fantastic counselors. They help us make good decisions. A weakness of a person with the gift of wisdom, I can't think of any because if you have it, you'll avoid all the downsides. (laughs) Um, Example to me, uh, I have people in my life who have the gift of wisdom, um, but my high school pastor stands out, Jim White. He was one of the wisest men I ever knew, and not just in my high school years. It's like he had, it's he had an insight that was rare, and I would go to him for a lot of my questions and decisions. So those are the gifts. You guys made it. Congratulations. Are you ready for the quiz? Yeah. Okay, put the slide up with all the gifts on it, okay? Here we go. Let's go back to our restaurant scene. And see if we can, we can draw some lines here, okay? One person gets up from the table and starts picking up. Serve it. Okay. This is a participation part. Another puts their arm around the server who's crying and starts to encourage her. Encourage her, exhort her. One person stands up and says, okay, you guys, this is a big idea. Here's what we're going to do. Administration or Leadership. Somebody starts to organize them into smaller groups and tasks. Administration, organization. Somebody says they're going to pay for everything. Giver. Somebody who has five tips about how to carry plates in the future. You guys speaking in tongues? That's another gift. Okay. I think that's teaching. Anyway, you can argue with me. It doesn't matter. It's only a quiz. Uh... Another person sits on the side and cries with her. Mercy, right? Mercy. One person says, I know three great resources that you could read in a YouTube video. Here it is, knowledge, right? Someone says there's a life lesson in this for everybody. (laughs) Pastor? Yeah, I do that. Your pastor does that. That's for sure. I'm all about life lessons. Okay. Wisdom. What about the person that speaks Italian who never did before? <laughs> Tongues. Okay. What about the person that invites them over and says, you know, like, I'll wash your clothes? Hospitality. What about the person who prays a prayer and everything is fixed? Miracles, Miracles healing. Okay. Someone asks the waitress what sins she has in her life to cause this. <laughs> Prophet prophet. And one person shares the gospel with her and invites her to church on Sunday. Evangelist. Okay, band, come up. While they're coming up. Yeah, good job, you guys. You did great. So, here's how to recognize your spiritual gifts while they're coming up. Okay, five five easy steps. I'm just saying. Number one, pray. Ask God. Like, God, I don't know what my gifts are. Help me find my place. Number two, serve. Like, there's nothing like doing something to help you figure out it's either your thing or it isn't. Like, I want to figure out if God's given me the gift of singing. You guys would tell me in the first week, that's not your gift, okay? (laughs) Uh, Ask others. People are a great resource. Sometimes they have a different perspective of you than you do. It's great that in in our life group tomorrow night, we're going to be talking about the spiritual gifts, and we're going to be reflecting on what we found about ourselves, what we think, and what others think. So that's always really helpful. Take a survey. There are so many. I gave you one. If you just Googled spiritual gifts tests or assessments, there's tons of them, and they're great. They're all helpful. And then last, look for fruit in your life. You know, like what, what where do you see God using you? And in, in, in particular, like what seems to be lasting fruit for you? But most importantly, most importantly, church, if we're going to be exponential in the way that God has uniquely designed us, then we've got to go back to the passage that Janine read at the beginning of the service where it says this, so in Christ, we though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If It is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. God gave each of us a unique shape. And what he wants us to do with that is to give it back to him and then see what he does through us, because God wants each one of us to experience the power and presence of His purpose in our lives. God bless you, Sunridge. Let's stand and worship together. Hey everybody, it's Britt again. Thanks for listening. If you need something, if you have a question, or you'd just like us to pray for you, you can reach us through email info at sunridgechurch.org. We hope you'll listen in again next week, but in the meantime, keep helping people find and follow Jesus.